welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Great to see you today, man. We got a lot of great things preparing us for Christmas, and it's going to be a fantastic time. Take advantage of Advent just to help in that preparation, as well as next week with the special time together with music as well, preparing us. But before that, we don't want to skip past this week, do we? How many are ready for Thanksgiving? All right, yes. Turkey's already cooked, does that mean, or what? Okay, not yet, right? But we need to prepare for that as well. And I think what I have for you today is going to help us prepare a little bit for that. I'm Pastor Rob, one of our teaching pastors and our Muskego campus pastor. I want to give a shout out to all those in Muskego, as well as we have all kinds of community join us online as well. Let's welcome everyone together, okay? Yes. It is such a good thing to be able to meet together. I want to start off with a question, and that question is going to prompt probably an immediate response that I want you to hold on to. In other words, don't say it out loud quite yet, okay? And this question is usually very directive, and it comes as a follow-up after you've received something from someone else. And that question is really rather simple. It just sounds like this. Now, what do you say? How many had mom's voice just pop in your head right now? Okay. How many had your parent voice just pop in your head right now talking to your children? Okay. All right. Yes, we do. Like I said, don't, don't say it yet. For me, my parents would regularly use that question. It would come from them, like I said, more as a directive than an actual question. Meaning, not only was there supposed to be a response, there had better be a response that came with it. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter if it was Christmas. It didn't matter if it was my birthday. It didn't matter if it was any ordinary day at all. It didn't matter if it was a gift. It didn't matter if it was a compliment. As soon as I received that... If I didn't have a response, it prompted that directive. So, now, what do you say? And we said what? Thank you. That would be the proper. Okay, we're going to shorten it to thanks. Thanks. And how many had this happen? If you didn't do it, they held the gift hostage until you did, right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, they meant it. You were going to learn, whether you liked it or not, to be grateful. You know what? It is so, so important, isn't it? Thanks is powerful. It's a powerful word for every single relationship that we have. And in this series, we are looking at three very powerful words. The first one that we looked at was please, because please is a sign of respect. And then we follow that up by sorry, which shows empathy, sometimes remorse even. And today, we get to talk about thanks, gratitude, something that is huge for every single one of our relationships, and it will move your relationship in a positive direction if you'll use it, and use it appropriately. Thanks. Why is that word so powerful? Simple reason. Everyone appreciates being appreciated, right? Would you say that with me? Everyone appreciates being appreciated. We all do. 
Every single one of us does. It's a human desire that God has placed within us. So here's what I want you to do, okay? Whether it's beside you, whether it's in front of you, whether it's in back of you, I want you to look at the person and simply say, thanks. Would you do that? Make sure everyone gets a thanks, okay? If you don't have somebody beside you, here's your thanks. Thanks. All right, now, that did one of two things, right? And I don't, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on this one. Either it made you feel really, really good, or the high likelihood is things got a little awkward, <laughs> right? And they got really awkward if you just had a fight with that person before you walked in these doors. Here's why it gets awkward, right? Because you might be questioning right now. You might be questioning the authenticity of that thanks. Why? Because it was prompted. And for some reason, we think if something is prompted, then it must not be real. It must not be genuine. That's not true. If you had that fight before you walked in, that might be true, okay? It might have been a little hollow there. It might not have been real, okay? They might have been saying, I'm not going to embarrass myself in front of all these people, so I'll just do what the pastor says right now. It could have been that moment for you. We want it to be deep, though, don't we? We want it to be heartfelt. We want it to be real. We want it to be authentic. We want it to be out of a heart of gratitude and gratefulness. Every one of us desires that. I believe when we give it, we want it to be heartfelt. But sometimes it just isn't. Well, I want to give you some helps with that. Preparation for Thanksgiving itself because we need a heart of gratitude. We do. And so we have to recognize first and realize, though, we could all use a little more thanks, right? Anybody say, I could use a little more thanks in my life. Absolutely. Both giving and receiving, right? Yeah, for sure. So recognize this. There are some enemies to your gratefulness. And if you don't deal with them, you're going to struggle being grateful. We need to deal with the enemies first. We need to put off two basic enemies. There may be more than that, okay? But I want to deal with two, I think, that are most prevalent, the ones that there won't be many aha moments with this saying, oh, yeah, I never thought of that before. But the first enemy I want to talk about is this one. It's called discontentment. Discontentment regularly says, I need, I need, I need, I need. It's telling you you need on a regular basis. The thought that I need more in order to be happy. And the belief that when I get more, I will have something to be thankful for. That is backwards thinking. You don't wait until you receive in order to be grateful. Okay? That's backwards. You need to change it around. You need to lead with your thanks. We already have something to be grateful for. We always have something to be grateful for. Sometimes, though, the things that we want, they overshadow it, and so we don't express it. So we need to come back to and be able to see it and to believe it, actually, and believe that expressing it is important. Gratitude needs to lead the way. Here's something I want to challenge you with, okay, and it may kind of rock your world a little bit. Giving thanks is something anyone can do at any time under any circumstance. Do you believe that? You need to if you don't. I'm okay with the very first one. Okay? Giving thanks is something anyone can do. How many would agree with that? Okay. But as soon as you get to at any time, 
Then, I, you know, it kind of goes like halfway maybe, you know. And then when I get to under any circumstance, I'm like, no, there are some circumstances that I am not thankful for. You know what? I didn't say to be thankful for the circumstance. But you can be thankful in the circumstance because there will always be something to be thankful for. And I say, how can you even say something like that? Because there's this guy by the name of Paul who wrote a majority of the New Testament. And this guy named Paul was beaten bloody for his faith. He had horrific circumstances beyond what most of us will ever even be able to comprehend. All for saying, I follow Jesus. He was put into prison and had to stay there for a period of time. All because he said, I follow Jesus. One time he was beaten so bad that he was taken out with the garbage because they believed he had already died. Maybe he did, but he came back to life if he did. I believe he got to see heaven for that little glimpse of moment even. And this is what that guy says. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 18. Would you read it with me? Because we need this to sink deep into our hearts. Together, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's how I know we can do it. I know we can give thanks in every single circumstance because it's God's will, it says there. I mean, when we don't, we are actually pushing against God, saying, you know what? Yeah, Holy Spirit, I know you're convicting me to give thanks, but I just don't feel like it right now because my circumstances don't lend towards it. Saying, wrong idea. You got it backwards. You can give thanks in every single circumstance. We can't let discontentment steal our gratitude. You will find it very difficult to say thanks. You will. I'm not saying that it's easy. But we can't wait until our circumstances change before we do it. We need to give thanks anyway. Which leads us to another enemy. I think it's even a little more prevalent. I think the first actually kind of leads into it at times. And that is entitlement. See, entitlement's a little bit different, a little bit different than discontentment. Entitlement takes a little further. Rather than, I need it, it says, I deserve it. And as long as you're thinking, I deserve something, you have a very difficult time being grateful when you get it, right? Because you think it was owed to you already, is what happens. I know when I'm entitled. I know when I'm entitled. Guys, I think you'll be able to relate with this. Women, I think you'll be able to really relate to this, okay? I know when I'm entitled, one of the first signs is this. When I get home and the first words out of my mouth are what, guys? What's for... What? What's for dinner? That's entitlement. No, it's not. That was written in my vows when I got married. I made sure of it. It's under that love part, right? Come on. You ever notice that the people that we should never be entitled with are the ones we do it to the most? Because I found that the longer and the better someone gets good at giving gifts, the more I take them for granted. Isn't that a shame? Think about all the things that you expect and why do you expect them. Have you ever asked yourself, 
Because I'm so good looking, man. Yeah, that's why. Yep. Man, I'm so nice. Why wouldn't everyone want to do something for me? Well, of course my dinner should be on the table, warm, ready for me as soon as I walk in the door. Because I just spent how many hours at work today? Paying for that meal. Paying for that person to cook that meal. Paying, and you can keep going and going and going. We all have them. We all have them. Whether it be cutting the grass, whether it be doing the laundry, whether it be babysitting the kids. That's not babysitting. That's called parenting is what that's called. Right? We get entitled. Well, how do you deal with entitlement? It's hard. It sinks in. It sinks in fast, and it sinks in deep. And we have to fight back because it's an enemy. It's an enemy of your gratefulness. Discontentment and entitlement. How do we do that? Here's how you do that. Remember that everything you have is a gift, and I mean everything. Do you need that reminder? Here's a simple reminder. What did you come into this world with? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So how did you get it? It was given to you. Never miss that. Never miss that. Everything was given to you. Now, some of you are like, I know there's got to be a, a loophole here somewhere, right? Well, let's deal with the loopholes. James 1.17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. Who is that? That's God. Seeing every gift, everything that you've received, even the breath that you breathe is a gift from God himself. Everything you have is a gift. You're not entitled to one thing. Who does not change like shifting shadows. We have a good God who will always remain good in the midst of any and every circumstance. Always, always, always. We have a just God who will always remain just in the midst of any and every circumstance. Always. We have a good God. Aren't you thankful for that? We have a good, good God who gives good and perfect gifts to us. And they're all gifts. Now, here's a loophole some of you are thinking about. How many of you work? Okay, how many get paid to work? Is that a gift? No, that's not a gift. It's not a gift. That's the loophole. I found the loophole. Oh, thank you, God. Sermon over. Let's go home. There's this verse in Deuteronomy I want you to look at here. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17 and 18, says you may say to yourself, because you're not going to say this out loud to anybody else, okay? My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. No raised hands here, but you've ever thought that before? It's not a gift. It's not a gift. I worked hard for this. And I paid for it. I'm not downplaying your hard work. That is a great characteristic, and you need to hold that characteristic for the rest of your life. But he goes on. He says, but remember, remember, would you read the rest with me? The Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. The reason you have that job and that ability to make money that can buy things 
is because of God himself giving you the ability to do that. And that is a gift. It is a beautiful gift that God has given us. Here's something we have to catch on to. A gift will always be a gift, no matter how long ago it was given, and no matter how many times it is given. It is still a gift. Don't ever take it for granted. Cherish it. Believe it. Don't fall trapped to thinking that you're entitled to it. We need to see that every gift comes from God. So, what does that mean? What circumstances are you allowing to overshadow God's goodness in your life right now? Or if I had asked you what you have to be thankful for, that immediately your reaction would be, I don't. I don't. But let me tell you about what's going on. And I'm not opposed to you telling me what's going on by any means. But you need to recognize the good gifts that are happening in your life alongside of those circumstances that you're walking through right now and that it doesn't change that your God is a good God who loves you deeply and is walking that journey right along with you even though you're questioning why, even though you're questioning who, even though you're questioning whether he's even with you and you're wondering how good he is right now. He's saying, you need to be thankful. You need to be grateful. What have you received that you've convinced yourself that you deserve? What is it? Because if you refuse to deal with it, you will not be grateful. You will not be grateful because your attention will be focused on what you don't have. And your attention will be focused on what you should have rather than what has been given to you. God wants us to be grateful both to him as well as to others because it will ratchet up every relationship in a great way if we will allow it to, but we have to fight those enemies. So, how do we take gratefulness after we fought with those enemies? We put them off. We've struggled and we keep fighting against them. What do we put in their place? Gratefulness. Well, how, how, do, I, how do I do gratefulness? That's what our parents were trying to teach us with that question. Making it a habit, just a regular thing, where you're grateful on a regular basis. Like I said, you'd think the longer that you've been in a relationship with someone, the more natural it'd be. Not if you don't work at it. And you can't ever let off of it. You have to continue it, pushing it forward on a regular basis. It's true of every single one of our relationships. Our relationship with God, especially because out of that flows all of our other relationships. If you think, look, I can be grateful to God, but I just, other people, no. Or vice versa. I can be grateful to others, but not to God. No, I, no. Let it flow out of your relationship with God because he's the one who's given good and perfect gifts that you need to be reminded of so that you have that gratefulness when others maybe don't give such great gifts, possibly. But what that means is we have to work at it. It is possible, and we can at any time, under any circumstance, be grateful. But you're going to have to quit trying. You might be like, what? Did I just hear him right? Yes, quit trying. Trying's going to get you nowhere. You need to train towards gratefulness. Train, not try. 
Because you can walk out of here and say, I'm going to try really, really hard. I'm going to try really hard to be grateful, and it's going to last a few minutes, okay, probably. You need to train towards gratefulness. You might be like, what's the difference between trying and training? A whole lot. If I were to wake up this morning and say, I think I'll try to run a marathon, is it going to work? No, especially for me, because I would never wake up and say, I think I'm going to try to run anything, let alone a marathon. But I have some friends who are crazy enough that they would wake up in the morning, but they would never say, I'm going to try to run a marathon. They would say, I'm going to run a marathon someday, and so I'm going to train today so that I can run the marathon. Makes sense, right? Because they realize, you know what, with some things in life, especially good habits, they take work. They don't just take a feeling. And if we just wait for the feeling, the feeling may never come. So in other words, we have to say, look, I'm going to train towards gratefulness, not wait for it to happen. Not wait for the circumstances to all of a sudden just align for me to be grateful. I'm going to choose to train, to be grateful. Well, how do we do that? I want to give you a few tips here, a few things I hope that will help take our thankfulness to a deeper level, if you allow me to do so. First thing is we need to close the gap. Close the gap between the gift and the expression of thanks. Close it. Make it an immediate. That's what our parents are trying to do. They say, well, how do you do that? Let me just do a test right now. Go ahead, take a smartphone out if you've got it, okay? And I want you to go to your text. I want you to look at your text, okay? So open up your text, and I want you to just, the pastor giving you permission here, okay? Go ahead and scroll. Go ahead, scroll. Let me see a name on there of someone who gave you a gift this last week. Maybe that gift was physical. Maybe that gift was an encouraging text. Maybe that gift was a word of kindness. Maybe it was a kiss on the cheek. I don't care what it is. Anybody find one? Hopefully you do. Did you say thank you? How far of a gap was there between? So go ahead, scroll. Do you see a name on there of someone you should have said thank you to? Hopefully it's not a year and a half ago, okay? (laughs) Text them right now, in the moment. I want you to feel this. I want you to feel what it's like to close the gap between recognition of the gift and thanks. It needs to be just like that, immediate. Think about the change that that will make in your life. Think about it. My hope and desire is that we at least triple our gratefulness by the time we leave today. Take some time. Close the gap that is there that you've allowed to creep in. How else do we take things deeper? Well, our gratitude needs to move from I have to to I get to to I want to. I have to, I get to, I want to. It needs to sink in our hearts. And that's the part you might wrestle with the most. Because it's like, I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time getting it into my heart. How do I get gratefulness? Can I even call it gratefulness if it doesn't come from the heart? We need to connect it to heartfelt gratitude. For that, I want to turn to the book of Psalms. Just for a moment here. Psalm chapter 103. If you've got a Bible, go ahead and grab it. If you've got a physical Bible, just turn halfway. You'll probably find the book of Psalms. It's quite a large book. Psalm 103, and many of them were written by a guy by the name of David, King David. How many of you ever heard of him before? He was a king of Israel. 
second king of Israel. And David was a master at heartfelt gratitude. He was a master at heartfelt everything. In fact, God called him a man after God's own heart. Because he poured out from his heart is what he did. And I believe one of the reasons he did that is because he carved out time on a regular basis. And I think part of that time early on was when he was a young man. He was out in the fields with the sheep and he was writing songs to God. He was expressing himself to God, the goodness of God. You'll see each of the Psalms, even the hard ones, where he's cursing his enemies, he will end with a praise to God, a thankfulness to God and how God is so good. That's what it means to be thankful in the midst of any circumstance. He was being chased by a king who was trying to kill him, and he gave thanks to God, not for being chased, but for God's protection. We see Psalm 103, just a simple psalm here, but it's got some key truths to taking us deeper here. We need to be real like David was real. And we see that genuineness in Psalm chapter 103 in the first couple of verses here when he starts to express these things to God. And he says this, Praise the Lord, my soul. Now, if we stop there, it's real easy. You've probably seen that before, right? Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. It's like, wow, that's good. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. What in the world does that mean? He goes on. All my inmost being praise his holy name. What in the world does that look like? How many know how to do something 110%? I'm not going there. I'm not going there because I know where he's going with this one, right? Have you ever done anything 110%? Not really, right? It's impossible, okay? Anybody do anything 100%? Got a bunch of losers. Anybody pass? You know what? What do we got here? Come on. I should have said that. I apologize. Sorry, sorry. I learned something last week. I'm sorry, okay? All right. You've done something with everything within you. Anybody do that? All the gusto, everything. Yes, right? We have. That's what he's saying. He's saying don't let your praise just be, okay, yeah, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Everything inside of you needs to scream out. God's goodness to you with everything inside of you. That's what David's saying. He's saying, with everything inside of me, I cannot help because God has been so good. How do you think he got to that point? Because he sat in reflection upon what God has done in his life and is doing in his life. He was real. It was a part of who he was. And one of the ways he got real is he got real specific. You see, it's much like the difference between saying God is good. Would you say that with me? God is good. That's different than me saying, I know God is good. Because God showed me that a child can come back to him after rebelling against him. I know God's good. I know God's good because he is comforting that family who is grieving the loss of their child today. I know God is good. You see the difference? And say, well, what's it like to be specific? Wow, there's a lot of pieces to it. Thankfully, David gives us some. Look at those next verses. 
Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You see, don't forget his benefits. Make a list of them. You've heard the term count your blessings. Actually count them. Write them down. What are God's benefits? And he begins to list a few. You can take the first one. I'm going to encourage you to come up with your own after that. But take the first one. He says what? Who forgives all your sins. Have your sins been forgiven? You have the greatest gift that you've ever received. And it will always be a gift. It will never be paid for. It will never be earned. It will always be a gift. And you will always have something to be grateful for right there. He starts with it right there. And then he goes on. And heals all our diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. And he crowns you with love and compassion. We need to spend some time being specific with God. What we're grateful for. And what we're thankful for. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to prepare for this Thanksgiving. I don't want you caught off guard unprepared. I want you to get into the table and then all of a sudden grandma says, hey, let's go around the room and let's share something we're grateful for. And I don't want you to stutter one moment. I want you to have a full, outright list. So start making a list. Would you take three things each day for the next seven days and write them down? I'm using my phone to do it. My notes section right now has my gratitude journal in it. You might like paper and pen. That's fine. Go to the store immediately afterwards, okay, and get a journal and start writing. Just three, three for the next seven days. And watch your gratitude go up and up and up and up. Be intentional. Be specific. Will you train? Will you train yourself to be grateful? Because it's going to take training, not just trying. What do you do? First express thanks for who he is, for who God is. Express thanks for others in your life, for who they are, and then for what they have done. God is good. He saved me. God is good. That's who he is. He saved me. That's what he's done. You have something to be grateful for. Be real. Be specific. God wants us to be great at this. God wants us to be great at being grateful. Will you? Will you? Will you train towards it? If you're here and you're saying, I don't have anything to be grateful for, maybe you've never trusted Christ, because if you've trusted Christ, that is just not true. But the truth is, maybe you've never received that gift that Jesus died for. You see, it didn't cost us anything, but it cost him everything. He died on the cross so that we could have our sins forgiven. In a moment, we're going to pray, and I'm going to encourage you to receive and trust Christ, the greatest gift of all, because you need that, and you need to have a gratefulness for that. And so I hope you'll take that opportunity. If you already have that gift, there's many more, many more that God is giving on a regular basis. And will you commit to training to be grateful to our God. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you. Thank you for wanting a relationship with us so deeply and one that goes so deep that you tell us of the importance of giving thanks even. To always keep our eyes focused on your goodness, Lord, help us please to do that. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ, but you're ready to today, whether you're online, whether you're 
in a physical room, whether you're at a campus, and you're ready to receive that gift of salvation, the best gift of all, just ask for it. Maybe something like this, dear God, I know my sin is what's broken our relationship, but that you've given the gift, the gift of Jesus, to die on the cross, to have his blood shed so that I could be saved. I want to be saved. I want to receive that gift of relationship with you now and one that lasts for all eternity. I receive it. With heads bowed, eyes closed, if that's you, would you indicate that? Would you just raise your hand right now, okay? All right? If you're online, just go ahead and indicate as well that you're making that decision for Jesus to receive that gift of salvation. Lord God, again, we come to you in praise, thanking you for being a good God, a God who saves, a God who heals, a God who grabs us out of the pit, the God who crowns us in his love, his compassion. Thank you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. And everyone in agreement said, amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.